Welcome to What a Witch Podcast, a mother-daughter podcast where we discuss mysteries, history, current affairs, pop culture, books, movies, and pretty much everything under the sun that interests us, and hopefully you too. Hello. Hello. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. Yeah, well, in actuality, it hasn't been that long because, or at least for you and me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is true. For uh, the episodes in actuality, yeah, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a second because we recorded one, but the audio was uh, too fucked up for me to fix, so. Actually, you know what? I'm going to turn off this fan overhead just to make sure that the audio is good. So hold on one second. Actually, you can keep talking. Okay. Well, yeah. So um, we did do an episode. Um, and I, I felt bad because you were, you kept working on it. And uh, I don't know, corrupted file. Um, we didn't have settings correct. But anyway. Um, we had to ditch that episode, mm-hmm. which is fine. I, I wasn't on my A game anyway. Um, that was during the period of time where I was getting used to new medication and thankfully it's, it's better now. I am, uh, much more adjusted now than I was. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I can tell, I can tell you're feeling better and and you've you've gone back to work. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I sure have. <laughs> that that reaction is I don't know questionable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I so I have quit there twice before and have come back now twice. So I was like, all right, guys, I'm gonna go do something else. Peace out. Leave it on good terms. Love y'all. And then I went and worked with dogs for a little bit, but then that ended up being a shit show. Uh, and I was not, like... Not because of the dogs. No, the dogs were great. Um, and then I was like, hey, can I come back? <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, yeah, sure. That's fine. So I ended up coming back and I was back for over a year. And then all this, all the shit hit the fan in 2020. Um, so you're, so you are a bartender or you have been a bartender. Yes, you're, I was bartending. I'm actually back as more of a manager. Um, yeah. So yeah. I've got keys to the building, which is incredibly strange, uh, coming back to the same place. Um, and even though whenever they were like, Hey, do you want to get back on the schedule? Whenever they were first reopening it, I was like, nah, man, I'm doing other things. You know, uh, <laughs> but uh, then I was like, hey, guys, I'm back. Can I have a job back? <laughs> they were instead of being like, yeah, sure, you can have a ship behind the bar or whatever. They're like, hey, we need help <laughs> to, to we help. need a manager. Yeah. We need a manager to manage things. Yeah, because it's only two of them right now. So they're mm-hmm. either working every day or one of them is working from open to close and at a bar, those hours are a lot longer than. Yeah. So, 
so yeah, I'm. I'm I can relate. I I can relate. I bartended for a time, and I was a server for a time. So I definitely, and it it is a honorable profession. um, One that um, uh, I don't know people take for granted, but it's um, yeah, it's people love going to bars. (laughs) I have heard that there that bartending and serving is one of the three most stressful uh career fields oh um and that uh bartending and serving you are on your feet or take more steps than almost any other job Mm -hmm. which is totally true there i mean most days when i went into bartend the only time that i sat down was when i was peeing (laughs) (laughs) well and you're on your feet mentally as well because you're taking care of you know your regulars and customers and drunks and all yeah i i will say there are a lot of there are a lot of skills that you gain and maintain as a bartender specifically not to say that servers shouldn't get credit because they definitely should Um, but bartending specifically there are a lot of skills that um, are useful for the rest of your life. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, genuinely, bartenders don't yeah. get enough credit. Tip your fucking bartenders. <laughs> I'm I'm I no agree. longer one, but tip your fucking bartenders. <laughs> I agree. I agree. How has so, work been for you? Um, work is work has been busy, and that I think that's why it it you know scheduling. Uh, recording a podcast has Mm -hmm. been a little tricky because you've gone back to work and things at my work have been busy. But um, also, (laughs) um, Randy and I hosted a wedding last weekend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so his lovely daughter got married. And because of COVID, she had to cancel her original event venue because they added too many restrictions. Um, and I mean, I get it. We're in a pandemic, but it's a wedding. Um, and if you're going to spend that much money, you don't want your plans completely rearranged. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we transformed our backyard into a great wedding spot. Um, and it turned out so well. And the timing was perfect. Um, we had the backdrop of fall colors, but, um, the weather was glorious. Um, yeah, I saw the pictures. It really was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, one day later and it wouldn't have worked. Um, the following day was really windy, um, and a bit chilly. And before anyone freaks out, we didn't sponsor a super spreader event. <laughs> um so uh please don't send hate mail <laughs> because the the wedding was outside um and uh she had reduced her guest list um and they they rented a food truck so they rented a taco truck so we didn't have to worry about food sharing and all that kind of thing um they a taco um, truck that's awesome i know it and the food was really good uh everybody <laughs> loved it 
And um, so we were still under the private gatherings guidelines in our county. Um, but just this past week, so we had the wedding. Um, and then just this past week, our governor called on Coloradans to avoid large get togethers. Um, and to limit social gatherings to no more than 10 people. So prior to that, it was gatherings of 50 people were okay. Um, and we were within those guidelines. Um, so, uh, you know, numbers are starting to spike here in Colorado. And I think we're seeing that in various different parts of the country. Um, but the, t the timing couldn't have been better because, um, again, that happened just days after the wedding. So we had the wedding and we were within guidelines. And then a few days later, <clears throat> they, um, put out new guidelines. So, um, but anyway, it was, it was beautiful and it was close friends and family, the wedding was outside, um, and uh, yeah. Tell them about was... your special guest. Special? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, our our neighbors uh, they love Halloween as do I. I love Halloween, and I had to forego decorating for Halloween because of the wedding. Um, uh, I have since decorated, but. <laughs> neighbors they bought this 12 foot skeleton which is a meme like is it yeah the 12 foot tall skeleton <laughs> fuck yeah it's become a meme now well so they're very popular because randy saw our neighbor they had erected this 12 foot skeleton in their backyard and this was prior to the wedding and when i saw it i was like holy shit the all of the wedding guests are going to be facing this 12 foot skeleton right I, because it's I, it's on a second story balcony type mm -hmm. like patio mm -hmm. and it's looking down like kind of towards your yard i know so when i saw it i was like oh i don't know how people are going to react to this but i thought it was great randy because we love our skeletons um Randy but, literally has skeletons in his closet, like a lot of skeletons in his closet. We have a lot of skeletons, but this was a 12 foot skeleton. And so I was talking to my neighbor and she was on the balcony with the skeleton. And we, we were kind of having this casual conversation. It was about a week before the wedding. And um, so I ca casually mentioned to her you know, yeah, next Saturday we've got this wedding. And she's like, oh, yeah, that must be really exciting. And then she went, oh, my gosh, is the skeleton okay? <laughs> it's fine. It's great. Randy and I love it. I don't know if everybody else will, but it's <laughs> fine. So she went out and she bought this, like, banner that said, congrats, congratulations, she bought balloons in the same color scheme as um, the wedding color schemes. And she put a top hat on it. <laughs> and it was so cute and everybody loved it. So, yeah. So there was in the backdrop, you know, 
behind the, you know, you could look up as they were saying their vows, you could look up and see this 12 foot skeleton. It was awesome. Well, they put a top hat on them, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. (laughs) So funny. It was was great. Uh, Yeah. So we did that and it was, it was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. Um, And so then this weekend I spent time, um, I got all my skeletons out of the closet. Skeletons. The skeletons. Um, and, uh, well, speaking of spooky decorating, um, what's this thing called? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) this podcast is called what a witch podcast. What a witch. What a witch. Yeah. What a witch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And um, uh, you are my beautiful mother, Kimberly Morrison. Yeah. And you are my beautiful daughter, Katie Morrison. Yeah. Yeah. And we. um, We do this thing. We do this thing every once in a while, I guess. It's been a while. (laughs) When time It's been a while since I saw you. Yeah. Let's sing it. So, um, uh, since it's October, Mm -hmm. we're talking about this, this week, um, we're, we're Mm -hmm. both going to be sharing a little bit, um, and we're going to be talking about, we're, we're going to spook each other. Yeah. Yes. So I love it. So the spooky stuff. Yeah. Today's topics are on the spooky side. Um, it's, it is. It really is my favorite time of year. I love autumn. Um, it's mm-hmm. the time of year that that has two names: autumn and fall, <laughs> and the spooky time. Um, Spectacular. Yeah, and uh, I can't tell you why I love spooky shit, but I do. Um, as a kid, my favorite shows were The Munsters. And the Adams family, um, Morticia, yeah, Morticia Adams and Lily Munster were the bomb. And did you know? You may or may not know this, but your Papa John, my dad, your grandpa, uh, your Papa John did a show with Yvonne DiCarlo, who was Lily Munster. I didn't Munsters. know that. Yeah, so he did Sound of Music. And, um, yeah, Yvonne DiCarlo was in the musical with him. So that's awesome. I know. Um, and, uh, I even remember watching the original dark shadows. So dark shadows was this TV soap opera. And (laughs) I've seen, you know, since, um, more recently, some of the episodes and they're just so bad. They're so cheesy. <laughs> but um, back then, you know, it was, it was spooky Uki and um, Barnabas spooky Collins. Uki. Yeah. Um, the Johnny Depp uh, dark shadows version had very, I don't know. It had kind of very little to do with the original, I think. Um, but anyway, um, I loved watching all of the old black and white monster movies. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like the creature from the Black Lagoon and all of the gothic um, tales like Dracula and Wolfman and the Frankenstein movies. I um, want to suck your blood. <laughs> exactly. Um, they were so great. And um, I think my mom and then in turn my sister also encouraged my appetite for the spooky <laughs> and the and the mysterious because um they they did they they loved um a good ghost story um so what is your earliest memory um of kind of reveling in scary stuff you know i don't really know um well i don't know if we talked about this on an episode i think we were on the phone um i I think we were talking about a topic that we're planning on doing um and we're it was spooky uh we were talking about the doll island um (laughs) which if you don't know what it is you can just look up doll island it's it's super bizarre but there was someone had given me member of the family when i was really really young had given me i didn't revel in this this is just like my first scary kind of memory um a porcelain doll that for a while sat on my windowsill do you remember this i think she was a porcelain doll that was sitting down Mm -hmm. in this sit in the sit position and you know she Mm -hmm. had the dress and whatever Mm -hmm. and it could totally be a dream that i remember as a memory but i i remember like it surfaces in my mind as a memory, not as a dream, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly and my rooms were next to each other and it led down a hallway and that's where our bathroom was. So m- what I remember is coming out of the bathroom and that doll sitting in the hallway outside of my room facing me. Holy shit. I didn't, I'm glad I didn't know this. I mean, it could, I don't remember anything beyond that. I just remember that like moment and being, I don't know what I did. I don't know if I like freaked out and ran to your room or whatever. Um, You used to come into my room because you had nightmares. I remember that. Oh yeah. Like, like really often. I was a really, really scared child. Um, (laughs) There was for, I was really paranoid growing up. Like, really, really paranoid. I thought that people were going to break in the house constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time, and maybe I'll tell this um, story later. I but... hope that wasn't under my influence. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I, I don't know what it was. I think... Uh, I don't know. I, I think maybe um, I realized really, really young that people could hurt you maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I maybe just like figured out my own mortality pretty young. Um, And I I like to think I'm intelligent. So maybe it just like sparked fear in me because I couldn't do anything about it. Um, But I I don't know what it was. I, I used to have to go to sleep with headphones over like the big clunky headphones and like a Walkman because any sound I heard, I thought someone was breaking in the house. Um, and so for a long time I slept in your room, uh, mm-hmm. cause I was, I was just so fucking terrified. The first scary movie that I remember, and it's not even really scary, but you, you had talked to, you, 
you texted me not too long ago mm-hmm. um, was Signs. Oh, you know what? That's and I a, remember you know, it was at Haley Haynes' house, who was the neighbor girl who lived, you know, a couple doors down. We were sitting in her room watching it. And the scene where the hand pops out from under the cabinet, mm-hmm. we both screamed bloody murder. And her grandma came into the room and was like, well, what's going on? What's going on? And we're just sitting there like screaming. Yeah. yeah. I still love that movie. I, so, so recently... Um, within the last couple of days, mm-hmm. I first watched The Village. Um, M. Night, is it Shalaman? Is that how it's pronounced? Shamalama Ding Dong. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan. I think it's Shyamalan. It, it could be Shyamalan. Shyamalan. I don't know. Shyamalan. Um, yeah, no, he's, uh, and despite any of his clunkers or, you know, he, I, I do think he's very talented and brilliant filmmaker. I do too. But, I, but a lot of people don't like the village. I really do I like it. I love the village. Um, it's, and it's a love story. Well, it is a love story. It's, um, you know, there's a, there's a scary element to it, but, um, uh, oh, Adrian Brody was brilliant. Um, yeah, he Joaquin really, really Phoenix. Was. Joaquin Phoenix and the soundtrack. I love the soundtrack. It, it, um, features, you know, a lot of violin and, um, I just, I just thought it was a really good story. So I think people were expecting some really scary, scary movie. Um, it was a a bit more, um, uh, understated than really scary, but I, I, I did. I love, I love the story. And like you said, it is a love story. Um, soundtrack yeah. is great. The acting interesting, is great. Interesting premise. But yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Um, and then I watched after that, I watched signs again, which and I it, love. Oh, so many people hate that movie. movie. So I love many, it. so many people like make fun of it fun of it or whatever i love it unironically i think it's really really good there are so many elements to it um it deals with uh faith it deals with um the question of whether or not you know there's uh extraterrestrial life out there it deals with family matters um it deals with death and grief i just think that it's um it's a very rich film and it's yeah there's there's like so much symbolism and yeah it's not uh, just about aliens there's it's so much deeper than that so i love that film of course the sixth sense Mm -hmm. um is one of my favorite films because i don't expect every paranormal film to be tied up with a nice bow at the end, um, I I like films that leave you know open ended questions, but the Sixth Sense, <laughs> it's one of my favorites because it's it's one of my issues with paranormal films. I will um, trash a film very easily if the ending sucks. 
you have to have some kind of some kind of meaningful ending. It's like um, so the series Penny Dreadful. Um, I kept having anxiety about it ending because I kept thinking, oh, Penny Dreadful is going to end and it's going to be dreadful. <laughs> it, um, because it was a series, it maybe had a different type of ending than say a scary movie, but it was emotional and I cared about the characters and I and I, it moved me. Um, and so with six, the sixth sense, um, yeah, I, it, it blew me away. I think it blew a lot of people away, but the ending, it made sense. Um, the others is another one of my favorite mm -hmm. films with Nicole mm -hmm. Kidman. Mm -hmm. Um, the ending there's you know it's a surprise ending but it made sense so at at the end it's it's what i want to talk about for what i was jazzed about it's going to be something similar it's going to be a, a recommendation but um i'll i'll talk about it at the end because it's uh it's really good um but uh why don't we jump into our spooky stories okay i'm ready i'm ready I love the spooky stories. Okay, so I I don't want to rush this, um, but it's 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 kind of long. But uh, I I will try to get through it as quickly as possible um, without rushing it. So this this actually is kind of one of the first scary stories that I really like remember reveling in and being so entranced with this story. Um, partly because it uh, came about on the internet. Um, Kelly was actually the one who showed it to me. Um, it came up on the internet. It was almost interactive because it was a person posting their experiences. Um, and it also, because I'm a huge nerd, uh, it ties into a video game. Um, and I remember... Uh, reading it and watching the videos that are associated with it because there are videos that are associated with it and just being so entranced and enthralled and I've showed a couple of people this story uh and it I you know friends huddled around a bed reading it and just scaring each other and being freaked out so this is the story of the hacked Majora's Mask game cartridge um and so <clears throat> as a as a little background um majora's mask is a nintendo game it's part of the legend of zelda series which has been going on for forever um and majora's mask is kind of a sequel to ocarina of time which is arguably the most popular legend of zelda game um it's kind of a sequel but it takes place in a different world so it's like the same link because in most of the games it's like a different link um but so it's the same like main character but he's kind of shunted into this different world um mm -hmm. and it's the the game itself is really creepy um everyone will will agree that 
it's so dark and it's so so out of left field for Nintendo because Nintendo is is pretty family friendly, um, pretty mild in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. But Majora's Mask it had a lot of really is creepy that imagery. Sonic is Sonic Nintendo? No, Sonic is Sega. Oh, see, I I know nothing. <laughs> um, so um, it's the story of how this story is um, a young college student named. Alex and I believe his name is Alex and the reason I say I believe is because um his he he went by his um like internet handle which was at the time I think it was Jad usable or whatever but I'm going to call him Alex. Um so it's a story about a young college student named Alex. Um he started posting on an online forum recounting his experience with a video game cartridge that he got at a yard sale. Um, The first post is dated September 7th, 2010. Mm -hmm. So he begins by saying that a friend had given given him his old Nintendo 64 and uh, Alex had gotten bored of playing the games that he was given. So he decided to go to different yard sales uh, and eventually found himself at an older man's house. Uh, No one was there. There was just basically one empty table. Uh, But he was like, why not? I might find some old games. Um, and when talking to the old man, it was kind of a bizarre experience The the guy kind of seemed maybe like he was out of it or, you know, something. And, uh, Alex kind of felt bad for him, but he asked, you know, do you have any old game cartridges? And the, the old man went inside his house and came out with, um, a, a, game cartridge that the the cover was kind of rubbed off um it was it was like that old and used and on the back of it in sharpie it said majora's mask um and again majora's mask is super super creepy um and so whenever he asked how much it was the old man gave it to him for free saying that it used to belong to a kid his age who didn't live there anymore Um, and so whenever he was leaving, he thought he heard the man say goodbye then, but later found out that he was saying goodbye, Ben, as when he booted up the cartridge, when he got home, the save file on it was simply named Ben in all caps. Um, so to sort of summarize the game, since a lot of this obviously, uh, is connected to it. You play a young hero named Link, who had just previously saved the land of Hyrule in the previous game, Ocarina of Time. It was essentially shunted into a different world called Termina, losing a lot of his memory. Essentially, he gets stopped by a weird floating kid in the beginning who calls himself Skull Kid, who's wearing a super creepy mask called Majora's Mask. And actually, um, I'm going to show you what Majora's Mask looks like so you can have an idea. The, the mask itself is really weird. So this is Majora's yeah. Mask. Okay. That's so, very unusual. Yeah. So it kind of looks like a heart with a bunch of spikes sticking out of it with mm-hmm. two really scary looking eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't really nose or mouth holes or anything. It covers the entire face. And this is the Skull Kid. So this is the kid that you meet in the very beginning. Okay. And you can see that he's kind of weird. He kind of looks... Would you describe him for me? Um, 
So he's got his, it doesn't look like skin or well, it could be skin, but it looks more like um, tree bark. Um, the skin is kind of dark. Um, he's dressed in kind of old, um, maybe medieval garb. Um, yeah, the, the whole series kind of. Um... And he's got, you know, like boots that are kind of pointy, um, like a jester. He kind of looks like a court jester with this unusual mask, you know, um, he and but he also looks kind of uh, like he belongs in the forest somewhere because, he, you know, the, like underneath his garb looks like a grass skirt or something. Right. He almost looks like a shaman. Kind well, yeah, so uh, just just super interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, unusual. I, yeah. Um, so uh, you you meet him in the very beginning of the game in the forest and uh, your horse kind of runs into him and you get kind of thrown off the back and he has two fairies with him. And long story short, he he takes your ocarina, which in the previous game your ocarina is magical. You can um, play certain songs to um, do certain things. Um, you can play the song of healing or the song song of time. Or the song of Macarena. Hey, Macarena. Hey! <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So, um, so he takes your ocarina and then the game, the, the game itself revolves around the same three days. Um, and in those three days, the moon is about to crash into the earth. Um, oh. So as each day goes on, the moon gets closer and closer and closer. And the moon itself has this really creepy face. It's like a really tight face with wide bulging eyes and smiling teeth and this pointed nose. And it's ever constantly getting closer. And eventually, so whenever you first start and you're going through the three days, you eventually get your ocarina back. And you remember the um, the song of time and you can go back to the first day and essentially you have to complete different tasks and then go back um, to to stop the the end of the world, essentially, um, that the skull kid is trying to get the moon to crash into the earth. So you can. This keep... is like a scary 50 first dates. <laughs> well, it's it's not losing your memory it's it's kind of like a scary groundhog's day yeah okay um so you you keep going back in time you get people on your side you go to different temples and complete different puzzles um and you you get different a big part of the game are masks um you get different masks by either finding them buying them um people give them to you killing different bosses whatever and the masks are weird, too, because the majority of them, you put them on, it's a weird mask, and um, they do different things. Like, some of them will let certain people talk to you. Some of them, uh, people won't see you if you wear it. Um, but there are four of them in particular that whenever you put on this mask, it's this horrifying transformation. And it's it's this whole uh, scene where it's this, it's like putting on someone else's skin, and then you turn into them. And the whole time you're like screaming like, ah, and then you turn into this thing. So at the beginning of the game, he 
turns you into a Deku shrub, which is kind of like this little shrub person. Um, and that's how you get the Deku mask. And it's okay. Um, so you you go through these three days trying to stop the end of the world um, that Skull Kid is trying to bring down. Um, so whenever he opens up the game, uh, the old game file was almost fully completed. The game file named Ben. Um, left with one hour before the moon crashed um, with almost all the masks, all the bosses complete. He was essentially about to complete the game. Um, so Alex kept the old file out of respect to the original owner and started a new one and named it Link. Um, and he was surprised because the game, ran, even though the cartridge was pretty old, the game ran pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. Except for some of the NPCs, some of the characters that you run into and talk to, Instead of calling him Link, like he named his character, they called they would call him Ben. And so he was like, oh, it's probably just some weird glitch, old cartridge. It's mixing up the two different save files, um, whatever. So he kept playing and it started getting um, too unsettling for him. So he ended up deleting the original save file Um but instead of fixing the issues, now the NPCs wouldn't call him anything. So in the text box, instead of link, there would just be a space. So now in place of his name, it would just be blank. Um, so it's like, that's weird, whatever. So later on, after playing for a while, he encountered a weird glitch. There's there's a glitch in the game that can essentially give you more time if you do it correctly. Um, but something messed up. Um, where instead of giving him more time, he ended up in the final boss room with the skull kid hovering over him. And in the game, the skull kid never appears in this room. Um, and so after a while trying to exit the glitch, um, text pops up that is dialogue from another character in a completely different part of the game. And it says, you're not sure why, but you apparently had a reservation. Um, and then he finds himself in Clocktown, which is the main area of the game, but all the NPCs are gone. And the song of healing, a super popular Legend of Zelda song, is playing in reverse. So Clocktown has a specific theme, uh, but none of the characters are there. And instead of that theme playing, it's the song of healing, but it's playing in reverse. No, so- it's uh, so in. I know that it's difficult if you're listening to a song in reverse, it's hard to figure out what the song is. Mm-hmm. So, so the songs that you play on the ocarina in the game, they're pretty short. Um, Cause oh, you, okay. you have to, re- you basically press certain buttons for the different notes. And so the song of healing is essentially. And so those notes played backwards, it's pretty easily recognizable. Okay. Um, That's creepy. Yeah. (laughs) And and, and those notes played backwards, super creepy. Um, So, yeah. Song of Healing playing in reverse. Uh, After trying to escape Clocktown and being warped back into it, like he would try to exit and then he would be warped back into the beginning of it. And then he would try to go to a different part of the town and exit and it would keep warping him back. He, he figured, and this is going to sound really, really uh, dark, but it's, it's 
a thing that you do in a video game, sometimes the game glitches, you get stuck. And the best way to fix it is by killing your character to just restart, right? So uh-huh. he goes, okay, well, I know there's a pool in this town. I'm just going to go drown myself in the pool and hopefully it'll just reset this glitch. Um, so he ran back towards the pool. But when he did, the character Link grabbed his head. The screen flashes and then a different character called the Happy Glass Salesman, which is like the creepiest character in the game. And I will show you what the Happy Mask Salesman looks like. Um, He pops up. Um, And he's looking right through the screen with. Oh, hold on. I didn't show the screen. Um, So he pops up through the screen. Oh, he that's like a creepy kid. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and then the Skull Kid's laugh is in the background. And the Skull Kid's laugh is very easily recognizable. So Link grabs his head. The screen goes black. His face pops up. Um, here's another oh. creepy image of him. And the Skull Kid laughs in the background. And it oh. and the laugh is pretty easily recognizable. Um, and so... Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so this is... so. This is happening while he's just trying to play the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's he's trying to play this new save file. Um, he didn't play Ben's. He, he starts to play his own. And as he does, weird shit keeps happening to him. Um, and it's true that like, so y- you can think of a, a game cartridge as a mini computer there is code in the game and Mm -hmm. like most code it can glitch out so at first he was like that's weird that it's calling me ben but it's probably mixing up my save file with the other save file which is why he deleted it and then the names were blank but then shit starts happening that doesn't even make sense with the code of the game because um that happy mass salesman doesn't laugh like skull kid Skull Kid doesn't appear in the final room. Like, it, none of that shit should ever be coded like that. Um, right. So after, after that happens, the screen, the screen returns to normal, and he comes back to face what is called the Elegy of Emptiness statue. Um, and what this is, it's, it's also super creepy. Um, it's a part of a puzzle um, where you essentially uh, play this song that creates a statue of whatever you look like and these are the different masks that you can wear mm-hmm. um, and they're, the, the puzzle the reason that you do this is t- so you can put them on different platforms that need weight to complete the puzzles um, so you okay. need multiple of them so you would play it leave and the statue would stay there on the platform um, but this one looks like the one that looks like Link is super fucking creepy. <laughs> is that not super scary? Well, it's because it looks like a like a tired, creepy elf. So you know what Link looks like, right? Uh, do I? So, yeah, Link looks like an elf like okay okay yeah 
Um, but Definitely he's he's like, like this cute kid, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. this statue. No, no. Is is, <laughs> I mean, it's like an empty, weird version expressionless except he's got this smile like his teeth are showing but he's not smiling if that makes sense yeah it's like a grimace or um but yeah just yeah like you said empty tired Mm -hmm. so so the purpose of the statue is to stay there it's supposed to stay on the platform in this in this temple that you you use this in but Mm -hmm. whatever after the happy mass salesman um comes on the screen he comes back and the Elegy of Emptiness statue is staring right at him. And then he starts to try to move and the statue keeps following him. Ooh. And it won't stop appearing right behind him. And if he gets too far away from it, it'll appear right behind him again. And it keeps appearing right behind him. Um, so in essence, in, in people who don't play games regularly, this stuff is happening that doesn't appear to be part of the game at all part of the game at all so this creepy stuff is happening and someone who was familiar with the game would be going what the fuck right yes and and he said he whenever he went to these yard sales he was kind of looking specifically for a legend of zelda game um ocarina of time or majora's mask because he had played them before and they were favorites whenever he was growing up so he was super familiar with this game Mm -hmm. um which is why i'm kind of having to do a lot of explanations because it's if you if you weren't familiar with it you'd just be like oh this game is weird as fuck which it is but like yeah this shit isn't supposed to happen in the game so a lot of other stuff continues to happen. Um, characters not being where they're programmed to be, following him, text popping up that wasn't supposed to be there. Um, and eventually he found himself up against the Skull Kid again. And he couldn't leave. And so he tried shooting arrows at him. And then after like two or three times of shooting arrows at him, text pops up saying, that won't do you any good. He he. And he starts levitating <laughs> off the ground and then bursts into flames, which no ki- no boss in the game has a move like that. The Skull Kid doesn't have any moves. He doesn't have any like you don't like fight the Skull Kid like that. Um, so whenever he bursts into flames, he was like, what the fuck? That's not a part of the game at all. And so then it brings him right back after he dies. He gets brought right back to being in front of the skull kid. And this happens three or four times until until he tries to play the ocarina and he would burst into flames again. And after a while, the scream comes to with Link dead on the ground facing the screen. And after about 30 seconds of the guess, this, the game fades with the message You've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? Before kicking him back to the title screen. Holy shit. (laughs) So once he gets kicked back to the title screen, his save file link is no longer there. Instead, in all caps, the name your turn was there. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I don't want to take my turn. Sorry. (laughs) So whenever he opens up that save file, he was in the same death scene as before. And then Alex immediately hits reset. And when he does, the old save file of Ben was right where it used to be. 
Um, so after, so a, in in a bit of this, uh, during some of this, uh, Alex realizes that he needs to start recording all this shit. Um, so I'm going to show you footage of the game. Okay. Um, and I will. We're going to uh, do a cutaway. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. it'll it'll just be you reacting to it. But you'll we'll come back and and you'll let me know your thoughts on this footage. Okay. <laughs> so uh, what do you think? Well, that was totally creepy. Knowing that. I mean, if I had not known that those things weren't supposed to happen, um, I would just think, okay, I'm watching a video game. But um, yeah, it was creepy knowing that uh, his well, first of all, his character went up in flames a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know creepy laughing and then the sh the files are being like renamed and uh, i don't know it was it's so creepy yeah creepy yeah um so we're going to watch the second video um and then we'll so i kind of explained what happened before because he starts recording after a lot of the events have already occurred. So mm -hmm. what we're going to do now is watch the rest of the videos and then we can kind of describe them and you can share your thoughts on what you see. Okay. That was creepy enough. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So you watched a couple of the videos. <laughs> Freaky. Uh, just confounding because... Uh, again, if if you don't know anything about the game, you might not think anything is amiss. But you're telling me as I'm watching that shit's not supposed to happen. Right? Yeah. And so like and like you saw and like kind of like I was talking about earlier, the game itself is super creepy. Like some of the scenes that were happening, I was like, yeah, so this actually does happen in the game. Like the mask, him putting on mm -hmm. the mask, it's mm -hmm. horrifying. Right. Um, but it, it, so it, it jumps from different level to different level. There's one point where Link's body is cocked at a 190 degree or 100, 190 degree, a 90 degree angle at his hip. Yeah. So he's, that like, was creepy he's walking like his legs are walking straight but his whole body is cocked to the side 90 degrees um there's a part where he it goes back to the beginning the save file names keep changing um it goes from ben to he goes into the ocean as a zora which is essentially like um he puts on a mask of basically like a mer person uh, they're different underwater levels and that's how you get through them. So he goes into the water um, and drowns underwater as a Zora, which mm -hmm. you're not supposed to do in the game. Right. Um, and then he, he tries to do different things. Like he's posting on this forum. And so people are giving him ideas on what to do. So he goes essentially to the beginning of the game and the first prompt where you can play your ocarina, 
they tell him, why don't you play the Elegy of Emptiness, which is supposed to summon the statue. And whenever he does, he bursts into <laughs> flames. And then all the text box that appear from then on out are, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And then he'll interact with an object. You shouldn't have done that. He'll get rupees. You shouldn't have done that. He'll talk yeah. to some random person. You shouldn't have done that. It, it was very creepy as you were explaining to me that these things are not part of the game that he's experiencing, you know, this odd, I, I say behavior or this odd, um, uh, you know, interactions with the game that aren't supposed to happen. And so you had told me that, um, he went back to the place where he bought the Yeah, the game? so sometime in between those videos, and you didn't watch all of them, um, but um, sometime in between those videos, he goes back to the place that um, the old man sold him or gave him the copy of the game. And the first time he goes back there, no one's home, and there's a for sale sign in the yard. And he said he actually brought a friend with him because he was like, I'm not going back alone. So he brought a buddy with him, but there was no one home and there was a for sale sign in the yard. So then he goes back and he plays some more and weird shit keeps happening. Um, and then he goes back again because he's like, I have to I have to find answers because uh, the save file changes to Ben. And then at one point after the Zora drowns, there are two save files. One is named Ben and the second one is named Drowned. Um, so he goes back and he talks to a neighbor and tries to get information about the old man or if the old man had a son or a grandson or whatever. And he asks if he knew anyone named Ben and all the neighbor would say is there was an accident with a kid named Ben in the neighborhood. Um, so it keeps going there. There are more videos of more like fucked up shit. Um, there's a there's a whole part in the forums where he's on his computer um, or his he's in his room. His computer flicks on and it flicks on on a Web page that he didn't open up and it's on cleverbot.com, which is still up. I've checked um, and it's essentially you can talk to an AI. You can talk to a bot. And mm -hmm. it's like learning AI. So it kind of learns how to talk to you or whatever. But his computer just opens up to the screen and he records the entire conversation on here. And so he it pops up and he says, hello, and it says, hello. And he says, who is this and how are you able to control my computer? And so it keeps going. And he's eventually like, I am Ben. What? And he's and so <laughs> they're. There's a whole there's a whole conversation thread. Um, he he threatens. He's like, you're some sort of IT kid. You're you're invading my privacy or, you know, whatever. And he says um, the clever bot says, should I wait until you play the game then? And he goes, what? And he goes, that game He goes, Majora's Mask. He says, yes. How did you know about that? Because because what? I did it. And like, it just keeps going and it's super fucking super creepy. And there are a couple of other videos. Um, <laughs> the, the, there are a lot of conversations between him and, and this dude. And 
a couple of other videos. Um, <laughs> and then he goes on and at the end, he basically is like, I moved back home. I've not been well. <laughs> I've oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, and he says, um, I strongly recommend you do not take anything you see streaming online onto your own personal computer. Uh, do not download any images that I've put up, any files, anything. Um, this fifth day will be my last day posting. I'm going to burn the cartridge, come back and destroy my laptop. Um, and, wow. and then ends it. So all that, and it's super, it's so intriguing because there's video of it. Mm -hmm. it there, he's posting on different days and on different dates. And if you look at the video timestamps on YouTube, the timestamps correlate, you know, published on September 7th, published on September 10th of 2010. So they're correlating with these forum posts. Um, right. So it's all kind of happening. You know, people who are following it are following it day by day as this is coming out in September of 2010. Um, and it's super fucking creepy. Now, I will say this is a creepy pasta, which means it's not a real it, it, it's faked. It was he somehow hacked the ROM. Um, you know, he made up this story, but it's so good and it's so intriguing. and It's very <laughs> creepy. And uh, even though it's it's totally fake, it's still one of my well, favorite stories ever. There's still something about, you know, you hear about and, and I'm going to go into a couple of topics hear about something that sounds so intriguing and um, so interesting, and it captures your attention. Um, and then when you look at it closer, there's could be a rational explanation, or you find out later that, um, well, you know, I hate the word hoax, but, you know, people do create things to, um, uh, you know, I think we all love a good mystery and um, there are people out there who uh, create stories um, to capture our attention that may or may not be true. Um, but that that's a good one. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's definitely a story. You know, it's uh, by no and I stretch of the imagination. Do I, do I think that it's, I mean, for a long time, I thought it was real. I was like, there's video evidence, but obviously this guy <laughs> is, was really, really talented and either hacked a ROM, uh, and made a really fucked up version of Majora's mask that he then recorded. Um, or he was an amazing editor in 2010, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah. Either way, it's it's a really fun story. It like there there are a lot of um and creepypasta, I think creepypasta is fun because everyone goes into it knowing um or you know, people who that post it, it's like everyone knows this is fake, but it's a story. It's mm -hmm. a creepy story and they all you can appreciate the the storytelling for the sake of storytelling, you know? 
Right. Um, and this one took a lot of effort to make it a really good and compelling story. So, well, and that's interesting because a lot of people in the past have created, have spent a lot of time, um, creating very compelling hoaxes. Um, but you know, it, keeping in line with, uh, this, you know, Halloween, uh, spooky time of year. Um, I had a hard time deciding on. Oh, me too. What, what to talk about. It was so hard. Because uh, there are so many interesting paranormal topics out there. Um, so I asked myself and I asked you and you came up with the same answer. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I asked myself, what really sends chills down my spine? And the answer is children. Cre- <laughs> creepy kids. Yeah. <laughs> creepy kids like like ghost stories that involve kids or like demonic possessions or whatever that involve kids like kids looking at you and being like you're gonna die like it's the <laughs> worst thing in the world i don't yeah i yeah it is and uh dolls too mm-hmm. um but yeah creepy kids are just the worst mm-hmm. so i decided to talk about two creepy kid stories. Um, one is a historical account and the other is a modern day urban legend. So the first story takes place in the 12th century England. Um, it's a tale of the green children of Woolpit. So I saw this one and it was just, I just read a summary. I don't know the details of it, but I saw this and I was like, Ooh. okay. Okay. So I learned about this a long time ago. Uh, and it's fascinated me. So, uh, the, here's the story. So one autumn during the reign of King Stephen, um, this takes place in England again, uh, between the year, so King Stephen reigned during 1135 and 1154. So sometime during that time. Um, some harvesters came upon two children, a boy and a girl, in a ditch. They were, quote, clad in garments of strange hue and unknown texture. But the most remarkable things about them was their green skin. In his account, Ralph of Coggeshall added that nobody could understand their language. They were taken to the home of Sir Richard de Calne at Wykes, where they wept bitterly and refused all food except green beans. So the boy, um, and they they had quickly discerned that they were siblings, um, and the boy, the young boy, died within a few weeks of being found, Um, but the girl survived, and she gradually lost her green hue. they so I'll get into the speculations of that later. But so you said that their clothes 
were weird, but I'm not sure you specifically said their skin was actually green, right? Right. There, so the, the reports of these children, yes, their skin was green or had a green hue to them. Which is um, just bizarre. I know. So <laughs> here are these kids. They show up in um, the this small England town of Woolpit. Um, they show up kind of out of nowhere and they have green skin and they're wearing strange or what seems strange to the villagers, um, you know, clothing. Um, so after the boy died, the girl survived and, um, she, again, she, over a period of time, gradually lost the green hue and spent several, several years as a servant in the household of Sir Richard. Um, she eventually learned to speak English after a time. Mm -hmm. Um, and according to her story, she and the boy had lived in a green twilight world where the sun never shone. Um, a place that they called St. Martin's land. Um, and just before they were found, they, she said that they had been transported from there in some kind of magical manner. Um, an analysis of the story um, kind of yields some interesting points. The only near contemporary accounts are contained in, um, there was this guy, William of Newburgh, um, in his writings, and he was kind of a historian of his time. And then Ralph of Coggeshall, um, and both of them were writing these historical accounts um, during the years of 1189 through 1220, which uh, is a little bit later, but still close enough to the time that they these children were, were found. Um, so in their writings... The estate of Wykes certainly existed, um, and records show that there was a family named DeCalm. Um, they lived there in during this time, the, the 12th century. So William of Newburgh, um, one of these historians, uh, was well acquainted with the gullibility of you know, fellow, fellow chroniclers, people who were writing um, historical accounts of the time. And he admits that at first he didn't believe the tale. Um, and in his writings, he said, I thought it ridiculous until I was overwhelmed with the weight of so many of such credible witnesses. So, Again, the writings that we have of this account came 
you know, shortly after these children were found. And this particular historian claims that he he believed the tales because there were so many witnesses. Um, right. And then the other historian, Ralph of Cogshall, uh, he claimed to have gone so far as to interview Sir Richard of Decaun and his family who confirmed the story. Um, it was recorded that the girl was named Agnes and she was said to be rather, <laughs> the account said she was rather loose and wanton in her conduct. Um, but eventually she married and uh, the course of the rest of her life is unknown. And so it was recorded that the girl, she was named Agnes. And um, it was said that she was, you know, when they described her, she was rather loose and wanton in her conduct. Um, but Eventually, she married, uh, and the course of the rest of her life is unknown and will probably, you know, remain unknown. Um, so here we have these two kids that show up in this town. Um, they have green skin, and they, they're wearing unusual garments. Um, they speak an unknown language. Um, and again, the boy dies at soon after they're, you know, within a few weeks. Um, the other thing that, that, um, was interesting is that they refused to eat. So the villagers were offering them um, bread and, you know, other types of food. Um, but the only thing that they would eat initially were green beans, mm -hmm. which, you know, is, is just strange. Right. Um, so, um, so there's some historical explanations. So, there were many Flemish immigrants, so Flemish being people from Flanders um, was, you know, in essence, across the pond from England. Um, there were many Flemish in immigrants and um, they were kind of arriving in Eastern England in droves during the 12th century. Um, and because of overcrowding in Flanders. Okay. And once they got to England, um, they were often persecuted. Um, Henry II became king in 1154 and um, the, the Brits, you know, in the area found exception for, they didn't like the immigrants, you know, these these Flemish immigrants. Um, and they were persecuted and a large number of them were killed. 
So it's been suggested that the green children, these green children, which is just odd and creepy anyway. <laughs> yeah. But that the, it's been suggested that they um, had Flemish parents um, and that they perished during a period of civil strife and that the children may have come from a village um, that was called Fornham St. Martin. Because so there was a village called St. Martin. There was. Okay. Um, and it was slightly to the north of uh, St. Edmunds, um, where a settlement of Flemish uh, people existed at the time. Um, they may have fled and ultimately wandered into the town of Woolpit. Um, they might have been disoriented, bewildered, and um, dressed in unfamiliar Flemish clothes. Um, you know, they, they might have appeared very strange to the Woolpit villagers because they were, you know, from a different country, they had different clothes, they maybe spoke a different language. Um, and the children's color, this green skin could be explained by what was called green sickness or, um, I'm trying to, uh, I don't think I, it's green sickness is, um, it's hypochromatic anemia. So it's um, a deficiency in vitamins, um, certain nutrients and vitamins. Interesting. Yeah, so it's like a dietary defici deficiency. Um, so there's this historian, his name is Brian Houghton, um, and he considers that to be plausible. Um, but there's some difficulties with that. For instance, um, he suggests that it's unlikely that an educated local man like Richard DeCown, who took the kids in, would not have recognized the language spoken by children as being uh, by the children as being Flemish because I mean the Flemish people were known to be in the area mm -hmm. and someone who was educated would have been um, uh, exposed to Flemish speaking people right so if if they were Flemish it would have been unusual that that anybody in the town wouldn't have recognized the language that they were speaking yeah, as it's, being it's Flemish. Yeah, it's kind of like in America, we can definitely recognize Spanish, especially like mm -hmm. here in Texas or I know, you know, along the border, recognizing Spanish or even up along the northern part of the country, 
they probably recognize French a lot more. Sure. Um, or in Louisiana. Yeah. So, yeah, that I, I if, see why that wouldn't make sense. If someone spoke German, you would probably, you know, that sounds German or some kind of Germanic, you know, language. Um, so uh, if, if they were Flemish, I think <laughs> the, you know, what was recorded as, you know, historical um uh, you know as they were recording this that someone would have recognized that they were Flemish um so <laughs> there was another historian who had an explanation that was even more mundane than that that um he said the likely core of the matter is that these very small children herding or following flocks strayed from their forest village, spoke little, um, and in modern terms did not know, know their own home address. So basically, you know, that they got lost. Um, they were probably suffering from chlorosis, and that was the word I was trying to think of, um, but the green sickness is called chlorosis, a deficiency disease which gives the skin a greenish tint, hence the term green sickness, um, and with a better diet, it disappears. So the historical record says that they showed up, they were green, and then, um, of course, the boy dies, but once the girl has a more diverse diet, the green hue disappeared. Um, there are obviously other explanations um, that they were aliens <laughs> or for, right. from another realm. Mm -hmm. um, and there are people in Woolpit today who believe that they are descendants of Agnes, the girl who survived, um, because she did get married, and we can only assume that maybe she had children. Um, and there's a very interesting metal sign that depicts, uh, it's, it's in the town of Woolpit, and it's, it's, um, it's a metal sign, and it's kind of a... Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, like a silhouette mm -hmm. of the children. Um, and they're painted green. And it says, uh, Welcome to Woolpit, right? Well, it, it says Woolpit, and then it has the two children, and then it has a wool. Now, Woolpit was named, um, as in many English towns, you know, words kind of morphed into uh, this particular town had what they, they would make wolf pits. So, um, okay. So England doesn't have wolves anymore because I think they were like, you know, they were completely wiped out. Um, Which is but very sad. I know. But at one time, and, and again, this is in the 1100s, um, they had wolves. So to 
prevent them from attacking people and or their livestock, they would build these pits and they would kind of cover over them. And it was to, so that wolves would fall into the pits and they would be trapped. Um, right. And um, so wool pit came from wolf pit. Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, but so anyway, it's, it's the story that's, it's, it's kind of a crazy story of these two kids that show up. <laughs> um, they have you know green what that skin. makes me think of? The not being able to understand their language. You know what that makes me think of? Hmm. And I don't know how likely this is, but... And did did you say how old they were? Uh, I don't... You know, I they're just mentioned as young children they don't necessarily say how old they were um well so i know like molly and natalie had their own made-up language mm -hmm. for a while and i've i've heard um accounts of siblings creating their own language that made sense to them. And I suppose a lot of times it would be just gibberish, but um, being close to someone or whatever, you can understand their intent or whatever. I, I wonder if it wasn't a little bit of that, if these kids experienced some trauma or whatever, um, got yeah, separated I... from their parents and then just had their own language that they made up and that they used to communicate with each other. So I, I kind of, you know, formed my own in my own imagination and I, you know, in no way, shape or form am I saying that this is what happened, but in, in my imagination, what might have happened, they, they did talk about in, in these accounts, which is what's fascinating is they said, said that they came from a twilight world where the sun never shone and that when they emerged and they found themselves, you know, in wool pit and as Agnes later recounted, they were amazed by the sun because they, um, they came, they, she said they came from a world of twilight. That is the light that is, um, just before sunset or just before sunrise. Um, and if they were Flemish, perhaps, because the Flemish were known to um, have uh, different dyes and different ways of weaving clothing, so their clothing might have appeared different um that if they were being persecuted that maybe they were in hiding maybe they were um living underground but like maybe in a cave and that these children being very young you know kind of lived in this um hidden secluded world 
and that maybe. Uh, uh, you know maybe their parents sent them off because they knew that they you know I don't know because there were a lot of skirmishes and there were there were persecutions and there were um, there was civil strife and you know who who knows but the fact the fact of the matter is you have uh, two green kids walking into <laughs> this town of Woolpit. Two green and, kids walk into a bar. Yeah. They are speaking a different language. They're wearing different clothes. Um, and all they want to eat are green beans. So um, it's, it's, it's just, it's a mystery, but kind of a creepy one. I, I remember learning about this a long time ago and just thought it was such a strange um story mm -hmm. um and uh so the other the other topic is it's a more modern creepy story modern creepy kid story uh and that is of the black-eyed children yeah you've talked about this quite a bit and i haven't researched it well there's not a whole lot. I mean, it, there is a lot of information out there, but it's it's more or less an urban legend. Mm -hmm. um, Black-eyed children or black-eyed kids. Um, and so it's an American contemporary legend of paranormal creatures that resemble children between the ages of six and 16. So either, you know, really young or teenage age. Um, and these black eyed kids, they have pale skin and black eyes. And when I say black eyes, like the entire eye, the iris, everything is black. Mm -hmm. That's the description of them. Um, and a lot of them are reported, uh, reportedly seen, uh, as hitchhiking or panhandling or more creepily, as far as I'm concerned, um, there are encounters on doorsteps of residential homes. Uh. So those who report encounters with them often feel that the children were somehow supernatural and extremely dangerous um, though they could not explain why. Often they can be seen playing games and singing uh, the nursery songs, Old Man Long Legs, or... Nope, nope, kids, <laughs> creepy kids and nursery songs. Nope. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Nope, don't like it. <laughs> or the song, He Jumped Into a Bramble Bush. Um, they are usually near abandoned or deserted areas. Um, sometimes the reports talk of them appearing at one's doorstep, usually alone or in a pair. They appear to be unusually confident, yet shy children who avoid your gaze and look down, hiding their eyes, but speaking with an eloquently uh, eloquency, rather, far beyond their apparent age. Um, 
often using the mannerisms and speech patterns of an adult. They occasionally even possess the voice of an adult as well. Ugh. They will usually attempt to talk the victim into allowing them entry into their home to use a telephone or to be safe from some unspecified danger. Occasionally, when seen outside the home, they will immediately stop their play and stare at you, or if possible, (laughs) approach you asking for a place to stay or trying to talk you into giving them a ride home. Mm -mm. (laughs) No. Often people begin to agree to their request against their better judgment, even though the request will seem vaguely unsettling without realizing why it is. Should you discover well, yeah, that the kid's got eye- black eyes? <laughs> well, what do you mean you, dis- you don't know why that's unsettling? <laughs> well, it is said, should you discover that their eyes are completely black, the children become very angry and, in- and insistent on you complying with their demands. Some, some people have encountered uh, black eyed kids uh, who have count- encountered them feel that the children may have been using some form of low-level mind control to get them to comply. Experiencing involve, Experiences involving the black-eyed kids generally do not explain the cause of the children's eye color or the origins of the children themselves. Sometimes thought to be the spirits of lost or murdered children, the black-eyed kids are thought to be harbingers of ill will and personal doom. The encounters frequently emphasize that the children must be voluntarily admitted or invited into the house or car in question. And this is why, uh, and this, and in this way are reminiscent of some vampire legends. Mm. However, it is unspecified what happens should you comply with their demands and no reports of the black-eyed kids have included that happening, possibly indicating the death of those who comply. So basically, in other words, if you got a knock on the door. Nope. And I, I'm already through, not answering. <laughs> and through the people, you saw some kids with pale skin. And black eyes, you in no way shape. So <laughs> there's most of this stuff is like creepy pasta stuff. Um, <laughs> Reddit. There are all kinds of stories of people who claim to have had encounters with these kids. There's absolutely no proof um, to say that they exist. There's no proof to say that they don't. But um, so, I'll, I'll, so here's the history of the Black Eyed Kids. Um, while tabloid coverage of these creatures has claimed that tales of black-eyed children have existed since the 1980s, most sources indicate that the legend originated from 1996 postings written by Texas reporter 
Brian Bethel. Of course, it was someone from Texas. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Of course. Um, So Texas reporter Brian Bethel on a ghost-related mailing list relating two alleged encounters with uh, black-eyed kids. Bethel describes encountering two such children in Abilene, Texas in 1996 and claims that a second person had a similar unrelated encounter in Portland, Oregon. Bethel's stories have become regarded as classic examples of creepypasta (laughs) and gained such popularity that uh, he published a FAQ quote, just to keep up with the demand for more info about uh, the new urban legend. In 2012, Brian Bethel told his story on reality TV series, Monsters and Mysteries in America. He wrote a follow-up article for the Abilene Reporter News, describing his experience and maintaining his belief that it was legitimate. In 2012, the horror film Black Eyed Kids was produced with Kickstarter funding its director commenting that the creepy children were an urban legend that's been floating around on the internet for years now. I always thought that it was fascinating. A 2013 episode of MSN's Weekly Strange that featured reports of black-eyed children is thought to have helped spread the legend on the internet. Um, During one week in September 2014, the British tabloid Daily Star ran, uh, ran three sen- uh, uh, I was going to say sin. Uh, no, I can't even pronounce the word. Ran three stories, <laughs> stories that alleged sightings of black-eyed children uh, connected to the sale of a supposedly haunted pub. In Stratfordshire, the paper claimed a shock rise in sightings around the world. Alleged sightings are taken seriously by ghost hunters, some of whom believe black-eyed children to be extraterrestrials, vampires, or ghosts. Mm. Um, yeah, so you can Google black-eyed children. I did, and <laughs> none of the pictures are... <laughs> Well, so I will say none of the pictures, I, there are a couple of like, so none of the pictures to me look legitimate, but there are a couple of weird ones. So like there are a couple that are like really bad quality of like, it's, it's in a forest or at least amongst trees or there's a kid like crouching down behind the tree or something. And I think most says, of what you, most of the images, you know, because I've looked it up as well. I think most of the images are just, you know, uh, photoshopped fantastical right. illustrations of what they might look like. Yeah. Um, there, there are a couple of different ones and it's always like behind a tree or something of a, what looks to be a kid, but you can't really see their eyes. Um, but the captions always seem to be like, um, you know, re- this person reported taking this picture and had an encounter. 
Um, yeah. Well, uh, all of the, the stories talk about when these creepy kids show up, there's a feeling of, um, you know, gloom and doom of, of foreboding that, you know, something's not right. Um, you know, there's specific stories of, you know, someone going to the door and the, the children, it seems that they insist on being invited in and the, the, um, moral of the story is basically do not, whatever you do, do not let these creepy kids into your home. Um, just like in and, general, don't let kids into your home. <laughs> but <laughs> especially if they're black-eyed creepy kids. Um, I think my particular opinion is that this is definitely an urban legend. Uh, it's interesting. I'm, you know, sure someone somewhere along the way has had a unsettling encounter with, you know, some kids who just didn't seem right. Um, but yeah, again, creepy kids are, are just the worst. And when you have uh, creepy kids with completely black eyes or green skin, yeah, it's, it's just not right. And we'll, you know, scare the shit out of you. Yeah, I don't remember what movie it was, but I remember I was either in uh, junior high or early high school, and I had a couple of friends over, and you had rented a scary movie for us. I don't remember what it was, but I do remember, you know, a, a kid singing, Old MacDonald had a farm. And I was like, uh-uh, 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 no, 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 I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um creepy kids and creepy dolls and are just <laughs> body <laughs> yeah buried under the barn <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah there's nothing creepier than a creepy kid so i uh, i would have to agree with you yeah so after I'm I'm a little disappointed because after your story and you you told me that it was like it was <laughs> was yeah. it real I was like what well yeah well it is still it's still a spooky story you know um, just because it's not real doesn't mean it's not a good story um, right and I also didn't want to phrase it like it were real and everyone be like. That's literally one of the most popular creepypastas out there, you fucking <laughs> nut. Like, yeah. Well, it was the but first is, time I'd heard of it. It it is super interesting, and yeah, whether or not that I I think I think these stories are fun. I mean, whether or not they have any legitimacy to them at all, they're still there's yeah, it's that weird morbid part of humanity that's like I want to be scared. Oh yeah. And um, I think that's why I love historical um, odd stories because it even lends to more of the mystery because it happened 
so far into the past that, you know, we might never know what the truth is. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, everything from, I don't know, lost cultures and like the, the Nazca lines and sucks a human and um, all these, you know, weird places in the past where, you know, you're like, well, how the fuck was that built? Or, you know, well, uh, yeah. In in researching this topic, I saw one that I was like, Ooh, this would be a good one to do. Um, uh, I mean, the, the general gist of it is there were a couple of videos that were posted of a pyramid shaped like UFO. And Mm -hmm. it was just like this giant pyramid in the sky that was rotating on its own axis. But other than that, like completely still, but rotating on its own axis with like the point of the pyramid pointing like kind of down. Like, ooh, that's creepy. Well, then there was another video that was quote unquote leaked. And I don't know the legitimacy of this video at all. Um, but apparently it was at, um, there, there was a video of, um, one of these pyramids over the U S Pentagon and this leaked video was at a conference. Um, I don't know if it was a UN conference or what, but this woman gets up and she kind of sounded Russian. Um, but she gets up and she starts talking, you know, it's this, all these, government officials or whatever very official type like summit um and she gets up and she says there was an extraterrestrial encounter above the u.s pentagon it was about 500 meters in the air it was about this however many meters wide it was rotating on its own axis we do not think that they were aggressive we do think that they were trying to communicate with us and everything and i'm like what the fuck (laughs) but i don't know the legitimacy of that at all i was just like ooh. That's cool. Yeah. Well, you know, we, I don't know. I don't, we, we love this shit. I, I always look at everything with a skeptical eye. Yeah. But, um, but you know, yeah, there are mysteries out there that we can't explain easily. Um, some we can, or we can make suppositions about, you know, what something could possibly be. But I, I love a good mystery. I know you do. And I almost did. Have you heard of the expressionless? It's another creepypasta, mm. but it's just called the expressionless. No, it's pretty short. Um, it's, but it's essentially this, this woman comes into a hospital. Um, I believe in the 1970s. Um, and she has a kitten clutched in her jaw so tightly that you can't see her teeth. Um, and she has completely smooth features, no eyebrows. They described her as looking like a mannequin. Um, and she, she took the kitten out of her mouth and threw it away or like threw it to the corner of a room. And so they rushed her into... Um, a room and she didn't fight them at all. Um, She, she was compliant and they said that like, she looked like a mannequin, but her, she had like human fluidity. Um, 
But as soon as they started to try to sedate her, she freaked out and was had like superhuman strength, was like fighting the sedation. Um, and then she smiled and her teeth were just like razors, like shark teeth. And then she bit into the uh, like the jugular of one of the doctors or whatever. And he was like, what are you? And she's like, I am God. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Super creepy. There's a picture. Creepy pasta. Yeah. It's a creepy pasta. There's a, there's a picture. Uh, Um, I want to know what happened to the poor, poor fucking kitten. (laughs) Don't hurt the animals, whatever you are. Um, that's why, you know, I, I don't know if I, we talked about it before in a past episode, but when I moved into this house, oh no, 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 sorry. No, she's, yeah, no, uh, no, 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 she's, um, mannequin, uh, Oh, yeah. Jesus. Get out of here, man. What? What's the comparison? I don't know. Huh. That's weird. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's super uh, creepy, right? Yeah. No, it's like, don't hurt the animals. Cause I may have mentioned this before. Uh, but when we moved in, well, when I moved into this house and I brought the cats, um, Bagheera and Bubbles, um, Bagheera, the first couple of weeks we were here, he had a hard time because he was hissing at things that weren't there. <laughs> and, um, Rand, Rand, well, Randy had, you know, mentioned that he thought maybe, you know, there, there was something in the house. Maybe it was haunted. Maybe there was a ghosty and, um, you know, there was a light and a fan that would turn off and on and, um, just, and I, I had, visited in the past and f- felt uneasy and heard noises and I don't know, whatever. So moved in and, um, Bagheera, my big male cat was, um, reacting in a very weird manner. And, uh, he would run up the stairs and stop and then just hiss. He like looking up, you know, towards the corner of the room and, and he would hiss. Don't like that. And, no. So I finally kind of had a <laughs> had a conversation with um, whatever. And I just basically said, look, we have to cohabitate. Just don't fuck with my cats. And after that, things settled down. And yeah, that's so bizarre. I think, you know, things are good. We're, we, we have an understanding, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we talked about that last episode where the audio didn't work out very well, but, um, but yeah, I, I think I said then it's like, yeah, maybe the ghost just wasn't a cat person and didn't know how to respond to cats. And then you were just like, look, they were like, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't like what I was seeing. So I was like, look, don't, don't fuck with the cats. Um, <laughs> yeah. Leave them alone. S- leave them alone. Well, so yeah, that was our, our little creepy episode. Spooky. Um, 
Yeah, whether the stories are true or not, uh, green kids from Woolpit and black-eyed children don't let them in. And don't buy video game cartridges uh, from creepy old men. There, there are actually quite a few, um, uh, like haunted video game stories. Um, one of I, the Ben Drowned is probably the most popular. Um, just in terms of like notoriety, uh, this second would be Pokemon. And, uh, as you know, I don't know if I've really talked about it on here, but Pokemon is my favorite game of all time. I have a tattoo, love Pokemon. Um, but there was, um, I don't, I don't think it's true. Um, I think it was kind of based on another truth that happened with Pokemon. Um, but apparently the the story goes that Pokemon Green, which was um, the like the first version of the game that released in Japan, uh, Green was only released in Japan. Uh, in America, it was red and blue. Um, apparently, the uh, the spooky town in Pokemon uh, is called Lavender Town, and the the music for Lavender Town is super creepy. It's do 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 do. Do, 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 do. It's like super creepy. Um, Very good, it's, honey. <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's super notorious for being like, oh, like that's creepy music um, for a kid's game. And apparently there was like a string of suicides in Japan that oh, were, no. that were <laughs> linked to this game because apparently it had, that song in that version had frequencies that drove kids mad. Ah! Um, and I don't think that was ever proven to be true. Uh, what was, what is true is the anime, the cartoon. Um, there was an episode that aired in Japan that did not air in America. Um, that was called the electric soldier Porygon, I believe is the episode title. And it gave a bunch of kids in Japan epilepsy, or it gave a bunch of kids in Japan seizures um, oh, because dear. of the flashing lights in oh, the yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like a, a a lot of kids in Japan had seizures when that episode aired, and so they, that's never a good thing, right? So, yeah, just weird, weird, spooky stuff with games. I'm really into like. You know, you're immersed in this other world. And then when the game starts talking to you, you're like, uh-uh, I don't like that. <laughs> Which is why Doki Doki Literature Club is so scary. I've showed you a couple of the scenes. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You and Molly. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you plug that? Oh, yeah. On my YouTube channel, KTNT Wireless, um, I trick my best friend into playing what starts off as a dating simulator like a really cheesy dating simulator graphic novel type thing. Um, but it has a really, really fucked up twist in the, towards the middle of it. And uh, I did not tell her it was a horror game going into it. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of videos where she jumps. It's hilarious. It's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> so anyway, what are you, what are you jazzed about this week? Mama. Uh, what am I just about? Well, um, so we got the wedding behind us. I got the, I, I'm 
fully decorated and ready for Halloween. Um, I don't know. I'm just about, uh, I'm just grateful for a lot of things, you know, grateful that, um, I love this fall season and, um, uh, I don't know, I guess, uh, I, I'm grateful for a lot of things, but what I've been thinking about a lot lately is that I miss my kids. You know, I'm here in Colorado, you're in Texas, and... Oh, I miss you too, Mama. Aww. Yeah. Um, you know, you've, you've gotten back to work. I'm thinking about maybe traveling down to Texas um, in November or December, um, you know, in between or during one of the holidays, um, just so that I can see you guys. Yeah. Well, I would, I would love to come up and visit again for Thanksgiving or Christmas. I, yeah. I miss you too. Which is why well, I'm glad we you... can do this and get to I know. And I, I know you just got started back to work, but, um, what are you jazzed about this week? Oh, so, I'm jazzed about The Haunting at Bly Manor. Oh, I've been watching it. You've been watching it? I've been watching it. <gasps> Isn't it so good? It is good. And it is creepy, but it's it's very character driven. Yeah. So. Um, Where are you? No, no, I finished it. I oh, watched. I binged oh, it. I binged it all in one day. So one I night. Just, so I just finished the episode with um, okay, the cook is Owen, mm -hmm. and the um, kind of housekeeper, house mm -hmm. manager, Hannah. Hannah. Okay, so Hannah, it was like her episode. Yeah, I know going back and forth, about. back and forth. Yeah. Okay, so I just finished that one. Um, how many more episodes do I have after that? Three? three oh, or really? Four. Okay. Three or four, yeah. So, yeah, that one That one is so confusing the entire way through. And it's supposed to confuse you. It's really confusing the entire way through. And then you end the episode and you're still confused. You're like, Well, I kind of, I mean, I've, I've followed it well enough um, because she's, well, I don't want to give anything away. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I followed it well enough. Um, but I do, I love the characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'm going to keep watching because I'm, I'm very interested in it. So it's so good. The, I don't want to give anything away. The, the ending, like you were saying of like, you know, horror or a scary story, the ending can completely ruin an entirely good story. Oh, yeah. Um, absolutely. This one, the ending is so good, and it's so... It it made me very emotional. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, and whenever you finish, there's something else I want to talk to you about as well, um, relating to the show. But... So I, I never watched Haunted House on the Hill, which was oh. kind of the prequel to it. Um, it's one oh, of those well, like, are they related? 
So it's this. It's in the same kind of like the haunting of Hill House. Yes. So it's kind of like the same anthology. The two houses are not connected, but it's by the same creators and same oh. like. Yeah. Oh, okay. Kind of like American Horror Story. Because I did like Haunting of Hill House. So I never I saw did. that one. And the reason that I watched this one is because of the actor who plays Owen, Rahul Kohli. Yeah. Um, I love him. So he was in the show iZombie, which I never really watched, but Molly was really into it. Um, but Rahul, Kohli, Rahul Kohli is um, featured a lot in Funhouse. He does a lot of videos oh, with okay. Funhouse, uh, which is a YouTube channel I, I love. I just I just have to say in The Haunting of Bly Manor, he had the best monologues. Yes. They were so well-crafted. The dialogue was so well-crafted and so deep and meaningful, especially... Um, At the bonfire? Know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, that's what I was thinking of when he mm-hmm. said, we cannot rely on the past. And he said and he said it multiple times. We cannot rely on the past. And it made me think of, you know, taking care of mom. I mean, it yeah. was just, it was really, the dialogue is really great. So, so I'm looking actually, forward to. He actually tweeted that in that scene, the creator and they they didn't tell him they changed the the writer and creator changed the name of Owen's mom to Rahul's mom. Oh, okay. Um and uh I I think she's still alive, but it kind of for him it was like one of those moments where you know it made him feel closer to the character and closer to right. this other character off-screen who you don't really see but you you feel through his character. Yeah, I just I so he's been plugging it and everything and so I watched it and yeah that scene so that last episode that you watched with Hannah mm-hmm. her moments with him in that episode at the kitchen table yeah were so good he <laughs> were. he was so good you know and yeah you know you kind of jump every once in a while and you're like oh yeah, yeah. but no, it, I don't want to I don't want to spoil it but yeah okay it's, it's very, well, very good. The Haunting of Hill House, I started watching it a while ago and I, I don't know, I, I don't know what it was. I didn't, wasn't really getting into it. Then I talked to somebody, a friend of mine who saw the whole thing and said, no, you, you gotta give it a chance. So I did watch the whole thing and I did like it. Um, but I didn't realize that there was a connection with the yeah, the the two stories by themselves are not connected, but it's kind of like an anthology. Um, but yeah, so if you want scary, creepy kids, watch Haunting at Bly Manor. Because, <laughs> yes. because the whole time I would look over at Zoom and be like, oh my God, <laughs> these kids. <laughs> I know, they're the worst. Yeah, so I, I'm going to finish that one. Yeah. And then you should watch Haunting of Hill House. I think you'd really like that one, too. Okay. I will. Yeah. Groovy. Well, well, uh, as we like to say, as we come to a close, um, uh, when my sister asked my grandmother, Grandma, 
is there such a th- is there such a thing as witches? And Grandmama yeah. said, "There are no such things as witches. Only ferocious women. That's right. Only ferocious women. So, um, be ferocious out there. Be kind to one another, but." At the same time, be ferocious. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, watch out for the little guy, the underdog. Ferociously kind. Ferociously kind. That's right. Uh, So we hope that all of you stay safe Mm -hmm. and that you enjoy this spooky oopie. Spooky (laughs) oopie. Spoopy oopy. That's a, a different oopie. podcast. <laughs> spooky ooky time of year. Yeah. Uh, but again, be safe. Wear a mask. Wear your fucking mask. Wear your fucking masks. All right. Okay. All right. We did it. So- <laughs> this is a sign off. If there ever was one. Until next time. Au revoir. Goodbye. So long. Farewell. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to What a Witch podcast, hosted by Kimberly and Katie Morrison. Special thanks to Steve Wilson and Michael Grammer for the intro and outro music. Until next time, you witch.